You're listening to Destined Women Ministries, the podcast. Enjoy. Oh God, we give you glory for another day. We give you glory for your goodness, for your faithfulness. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. Thank you, Jesus, for speaking to us. Thank you, Jesus, for waking us up. Thank you, Jesus, for your provision. Thank you that we have a mind to seek your face. Thank you, God, for giving us a heart to pray, to want to learn more about you, to want to hear from you in the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray that as your children are listening in, I pray in the name of Jesus that you are speaking directly into their hearts, directly into their spirits in the name of Jesus. I pray in the name of Jesus that you are telling them everything they need to hear, everything they want to hear, and that you are answering every question that they've had, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your process in the name of Jesus. We thank you for how you judge us in our ways and how you discipline us and how you correct us in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you that you do these things so that we can share in your holiness. You only want us to be like you. We thank you for the processes, hallelujah, that removes everything that is wrong from our being. We thank you, Lord. We won't grumble. We won't complain. We won't murmur against what you're saying and what you're doing and what's happening in our lives, but we will continue to press and seek your face. We will rejoice rejoice. Hallelujah. Because you only do that which is right and that which is good. We thank you because your blessings, they make us rich and they don't add any sorrow to our life. We thank you that this discipline and this correction is a good and perfect gift from you. Even if it doesn't feel like it, it is a good and perfect gift from from you. And we thank you, Father, hallelujah, for what you do, the way you do it, for what you allow, and how you use these things to work together for your glory and for our good. You are amazing. You are the lover of our soul. Hallelujah. We love you. We are here for you. We want to hear from you. We love you, Jesus. Speak to us, Lord, because your servants are listening. Cover this broadcast with the blood of Jesus. Cover every person under the sound of my voice with the blood of Jesus. We thank you that there are greater works that we will do. Hallelujah. Pour out your spirit upon us, O oh God. Fill us up again and again. Fill us up, O oh God, again and again. We need a fresh filling. Hallelujah. We need a refreshing upon the oil that you've placed upon our lives. We need a refreshing to pray. We need a refreshing to continue to seek you. We need a refreshing so that we have new and fresh and anointed revelation as we read your word or as we listen to sermons go forth in the name of Jesus Christ. Let the spirit of revelation and understanding and wisdom and counsel rest upon us in the name of Jesus in the fear of the Lord. Hallelujah. And might in your spirit just rest upon us. Let us be complete and whole in the realm of the spirit. In Jesus name, we thank you. We love you. We honor you. This is your word. Speak to us. Reveal the mysteries entangled in your word by your spirit. Reveal these things to us. In the name of Jesus, we come to you as children wanting to learn the fear of the Lord. Hallelujah. Teach us, hallelujah, according to your word. In the name of Jesus, we love you again, Lord. You are so amazing. 
beautify us with your salvation in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Continue, God, to choose us. Continue, God, to hear our prayers. Continue, God, to choose our family members in the name of Jesus Christ. You are so amazing, Lord, and we thank you that it's all good. We thank you that it's all all right. We thank you in the name of Jesus that no matter how it looks, you've already fixed it. We thank you, God, hallelujah, that we can trust you in everything that we're going through because your word says so. You are the faithful one. You are the true one. And we can trust you if we can't have any faith in ourselves and if we can't have any faith in our situations. Oh, God, we thank you that we can have faith in you when we don't know exactly what's going on, why it's going on or why it's been going on for the amount of time it's been happening. Lord, we thank you that we can trust in your name. We thank you that your name is a strong tower through our trials, through our challenges, through everything we have to endure and experience and encounter in this life, everything that you have sanctioned to make us better, God, you're faithful and we thank you and we can trust you. You are a holy God. Again, thank you for everything that you have allowed to enable us to share in your holiness Speak to your children, Father God. We need to hear a word from you. I completely decrease and I ask, Father, humbly that you would increase and speak to your children. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. We seal these prayers with the blood of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. We serve the King of glory. Hallelujah. Lift up your gates. And let him in. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We all need a little more glory in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He's such an awesome God, such a mighty God. The way he processes us, the things that he does, everything about him and everything that he touches, he can just perfect it. He's perfect. The way he's working it out in your life is absolutely perfect. Even if we can't see it, even if we don't understand it, Oh, it will all make sense one day. Lord Jesus, sometimes we're so afraid of being wrong that we can't even benefit from the process and what God is trying to teach us. Lord Jesus, may we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. May we humble ourselves and accept his process. May we humble ourselves and trust him, even if it doesn't work out the way we think it should or the way we thought it would. Hallelujah. Understand that it's still going to work out for your good, however it goes. We thank the Lord for that. He's an awesome God. He's a mighty God. Wonderful Savior. Wonderful Savior. We can put our trust in him. Glory to God. If we can't put our trust in our relationship status or our spouses or our children or our finances or our ministries, if nothing, if we feel like we are in uncertain times for whatever reason, we can't put our trust in the government and political parties and things of that nature and our place of employment. If we can't put our trust in those things, we can comfortably put our trust in God no matter what what our father abides faithful and we just honor him we honor him because he's not like our mothers 
He's not like our natural fathers. He's not like our siblings. He's not like our our friends who we've given up. He's not like our coworkers. He's not talking about us behind our backs. He's not giving up on us. He's not ignoring us. You know, he's not turning his face away from us. He loves us. He is extending himself towards us. We can trust him. Oh, we can if we can just say all is well with my soul, doesn't matter. There are things happening all around us, okay? But um, whatever our lot is, God has taught us to say through his judgments, through his discipline, through his correction, that it is well with my soul. Even if the circumstances are not well, it is well with your soul if you are in Christ, hallelujah. Glory to God. And I trust that you are in Christ this morning, that you understand the power in the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. That it washes away your sins, that it cleanses you, and that um, menial things cannot take away your salvation. Hallelujah. God died for you. Hallelujah. He shed his blood for you. You are redeemed of the Lord. I pray that you believe that. Glory to the name of the Lord. We're in a new covenant where it's not about... Uh, you know, the the ritualistic things that had to be done. Um, we have been purchased. We have been sealed with the earnest of the spirit. We belong to God. And I'll even take it further and say, we are children of God, according to scripture. I pray that encourages you because now for some of us, natural parents will leave us. Natural parents will forsake us. According to the word of the Lord, he says, can a mother forget her child to whom she gave suck? Yes, she can. But I, the Lord, cannot forget. So our parents will leave us, but God never does. He is so faithful. We can trust in him. We've had so many people turn away from us. So many people, when we were in a time of need, they were not there for us. Okay. However, God abides faithful. He's not attempting to hurt you. God is only attempting to process you. And it's a good thing when you learn to delight in the Lord through the processing. Glory to the name of the Lord. When it doesn't feel good, when it doesn't feel pleasant, when the nights start getting longer and colder, when you start questioning whether you've made the right choices or not, it's a good thing to put your trust in the Lord. Amen. Amen. So we've been talking about judgment. We've been talking about discipline and we've been talking about correction. These three things are so crucial in the life of a believer and so crucial to our growth without judgment, without God peering into our lives and saying, you know what? This needs to change. This isn't right. This needs to go. Um, without God's judgment or, you know what, I can work with this. I can build upon this. Without God's judgment, where would we be? How would we know what's right for us and what's wrong for us? See, we think we know our hearts, but we don't. And sometimes we wonder why God allows us to get into certain situations or certain things to happen to us. It's because the Lord is attempting to discipline and correct us. He sees our potential. He sees our fruit and he only wants us to do better. 
and anything that is not fruitful in our lives, anything that could potentially hinder us at some point on our way to the kingdom, God will cause that thing to be severed from your life. And he does this through discipline. Through discipline, he teaches us how to conform our behavior to his way. And that is what harbors correction, corrected living. Turn with me to Hebrews, the 12th chapter. Glory to God. And we're going to be reading the English Standard Version. This is the Bible version that I have <laughs> besides the KJV and, of course, the Amplified Bible. I have a New Living Translation somewhere around here, but for... Um, the sake of the fact that I love having my ESV as I'm studying my KJV, or just in general, I like reading the ESV. We're going to read it, okay? So we're at Hebrews, the 12th chapter, and we are going to start at verse 7, and we are going to read through the 11th verse. So Hebrews 12, 7 through 11, and it says, It is for discipline that you have endured. You know what? Let's go up because here the writer of Hebrews, he repeats what we read in Proverbs um, a couple of episodes back. Let's go. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be wary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. Evidence that you've been received by God is that you are being chastised. You see some people getting away with some things and you can't get away with those things. God says, that's because you're mine and I have a standard for your life. And no, you can't think like that anymore. And no, you cannot react in that way anymore. Woo! God, he knows how to get us up out of our flesh. He knows the right temperature. He knows the perfect ingredients to get that, that reaction out of you, to let you know just how ratchet you have the potential to be. You know that, right? God knows how to put you in this equation because right when you're in your comfort zone, oh, you're cool. You know how to react. Nothing has pressed you beyond what you can control. But God knows the situations to allow you to step into, which will show you just how saved you are. <laughs> it will show you just how righteous you are. It will show you your weak areas where you would say, Lord Jesus, I did not know I could have the, the desire to slap somebody in the face. I did not know I could even think if they try me again, I'm going to drag them. Like, you know what I'm saying? Some of us are so comfortable in life that we don't see the potential within us to be that ratchet person. But God is the one who is searching the heart and trying the reins. And he sees that that morsel of ratchetness that is being covered by, you know, our religious language and um, the way we carry ourselves and, you know, the tongues and how much we love Jesus, how much we attend church or the fact that we seek him and we're faithful in our family life and all that stuff. And God is like, all of that is good. But I can see that there is a potential for that ratchetness to breed, to grow. So I have to put them in a situation for them to understand the level of error that they have the potential to operate in 
if I don't cut that out of them. Okay. So God will get you into a situation. He looks, he judges. We don't talked about this. And then he will say, you see that that was in there. You didn't know you had the potential to be with somebody's husband. You didn't know that you had the potential to curse your husband out. You didn't know that you had the potential, you know, to talk about your mama or whatever it is like that. You didn't know that you had the potential to be a gossip. You didn't know that you had the potential that you were an attention seeker. You didn't know that. I had to put you in those situations so that you could see yourself. Okay. Okay. Cause you're really good at being a saint. You're really good at reading this word. You know, these things, you know what I like. So I had to put you in a situation that would cause that thing that is lodged deeply within you to dislodge and fizzle up to the top. So now I can discipline you by conforming you to my word and showing you how to act and how to react, what to say, what not to say. Despise not the chastening of the Lord. Don't despise when he chastens you because all it means is that he's received you. And he says, you know what? I love you. Yes, you are bearing fruit. Yes, you are my child. I need you to live according to a higher standard. So I'm going to correct you. Okay. I have to correct you. Okay. This is all that's happening. So we know that he's received us when we start being chastised. When we realize, man, I can't say that without being convicted. Man, I can't do that um, without going back to those people and repenting for the way that I act. Oh my goodness. Haven't we all had to do that? When we realize, man, I done went off in front of these people. Everybody know I'm a Christian. Let me go back and humble myself and humiliate myself before these people and say, I'm sorry. I was wrong. I'm a Christian and that's not the way we're supposed to act. Wow. How many of us have had to do that? Okay. My hand is raised over here. I have absolutely had to humble myself and go and apologize and repent to people. If they've ever saw me cut the fool, why did I have to do that? Because God would not allow me to rest. I was in a situation that caused that evil that was in me that I didn't know was there to bubble forth. And I had to humble myself. Okay. And go and apologize. And let me tell you something. It's something about going through humiliation that you just don't forget. And you say, you know what? I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to learn how to react and respond in those types of situations. God knows how to perfect us and he knows how to correct us. It doesn't matter how good and how righteous and how deep you think you are. God is always performing that good work in you. Okay. As long as you're on this earth, the Lord is working on you. And yes, you will find out just how tacky or trifling you can be. Sometimes here's the thing you need to humble yourself, admit that you're wrong and submit your ways to the word of God, yield to him so that he can correct you. Don't you just go on being tacky and trifling because we all been there. We all found out, man, that was a tacky way. That was some trifling stuff, but the difference is some of us say, you know what, God, I repent, fix me, heal me, change me. And some of us say, oh, well, <laughs> we don't want to be the ones that say, oh, well, we don't want to be the ones who overlook our error and our prideful ways and our evil ways before the Lord. We all want to humble ourselves when we find out 
that we have been living beneath God's standard. Okay. We want to humble ourselves and say, you know what? God has a better way. This way is in his word. Lord, please forgive me. I'm going to live right from now on. Okay. Verse seven says it is for discipline that you have endured. It is for discipline that you have endured. So if you are trying to figure out why God has continually had you going through this thing, okay, why you've had to endure through some things that you have never seen some other people go through. Some people just seem to have it so easy. I know that's what we think. And, um, you know, you have to go through all these things. So scripture says it is for discipline that you have to endure. So let's insert the definition of discipline where that word discipline is. So scripture says it is to train and develop you by instruction and exercise, especially in self-control that you have endured. Remember, we've learned many definitions of discipline. Okay. It is so that God can gain control by enforcing in obedience and order in your life that you have endured. It is so that you can be corrected, molded, and perfected in your mental faculties and your moral character that you have endured. It is so God can impose order upon your morale and your ways that you have endured. Amen. It is for the sake of obedience and a perfect moral character uh, being imparted into you that you have endured. Okay. This is why you're going through. This is why you're sticking in it. This is why you're not giving up. This is why you're not backing out. It is for discipline that you have endured. It's so God can bring you into submission. It's so God can get that wild part of you out and have you under control. It's so that you can be conformed in your mind and in your morals that you are enduring through the things that you have gone through and quite possibly will go through. And I would say, listen, we would hope that God has it in his schedule to take us through some things because if he is ignoring that ratchetness in us, then that means we don't belong to him. Come on here. Y'all need to look at Jesus right now and say, Jesus, take the ratchetness out of me. Come on. We don't see it. Say, I don't see it, Jesus, but you do. Jesus, take the ratchetness out of me. Why does he chastise us so that we can share in his holiness and know all that ratchetness in you. I mean, you may be able to, you know, scratch the surface or look at the surface of his holiness, but God says, I want you to dive deep into this. I want you to share in this with me. So you have to go through these processes of chastisement and discipline. Okay. You have to endure through these things. All right, let's go. It is for discipline that you have endured. It's so that God can bring you into obedience and and conform and mold and perfect your mental faculties and your moral character that you have endured, right? He does this so that you can be in line with his word. This is why you're enduring through this chastisement. And then it goes on to say, God is treating you as sons. 
Thank you, Jesus. What do we learn in Deuteronomy from the man of God, Moses? What did he say? He says the same way a father or the same way a man disciplines his son is, or deals with his son is the same way the Lord our God is going to deal with us. Okay, so God, when he disciplines us, it's a good thing. It means we belong to him and he is treating us like we are his sons. Then it goes on to say, for what son is there whom his father does not discipline? What son on this planet, if he has a present father? And let me tell you something, just because somebody is there, that does not mean emotionally or mentally they are there. They can be checked out in other ways because you can say, well, there's a man around, but he, you know, he does not discipline. He does not do these things. Listen, if a father is present in every way he's supposed to be present, he will be examining his son and making sure that that young man grows up to be a great man. He's going to impart character into him. He's going to teach him about hygiene. And when he does something wrong, when he says something that does not align with good moral character, when he makes choices that are not right for his future, his father will step in and get him in line through discipline. His father will step in and correct his son's ways through disciplining him. It's the same thing with us. Amen. Amen. If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. If you are left without discipline, and a lot of us want to be left without discipline. This is, and I told y'all the story about that a couple of episodes back. If you are left without discipline, okay, some of us be like, Jesus, come on. Why do I have to go through this? Why is this so hard? Why are you taking me through this? So-and-so doesn't have to go through this. I bet you don't allow this person to go through that and all this extra stuff that we like to say to Jesus, but God is saying, no, I'm treating you like you're my own because you are. This is proof and evidence to you that I have received you. Thank you, Jesus. If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. With scripture saying, at some point, each and every one of us have been disciplined, okay? Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. How many of us are sucking our teeth, slamming down our Bibles, trying to, why God? Crying ourselves asleep. Why do you, why do I have to go through this? Why are you allowing this to happen to me? When our earthly fathers did it, we said, you know what? I better get in line. I better act right because this behavior that I have um, displayed is intolerable in my household. This is not what my family, uh, my family's name is about. And my father has whooped me out or disciplined me, however your parents would discipline you. And it has let me know that not only I should behave a certain kind of way, but I need to respect them. When God is disciplining us, it's almost like we lose respect for him because we only hear about one side of Jesus and that he loves us. But we don't understand that contained in real true love is real true discipline and correction. Okay. 
Here we go. You know, scripture says, um, open rebuke is better than secret love. It's better that you go through whatever you have to go through that would make you a better individual. And yes, go through it in public than for God to just allow you to do whatever you want and quietly love you from a distance. Absolutely not. No, we need our father to discipline us, to correct us, to show us our ways, to say, yes, you were wrong. You were wrong in the way you handled that. You were wrong in what you did. Come on here. And we thank him when he begins to do those things to us. And he makes us sit down and he allows us to feel the brunt and to feel the pain of what we've gotten ourselves into through our own carnal behavior. Come on. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live when you subject yourself to God, when you subject your ways to God, then you'll live. Then you'll live. We want life. We don't want to kick against the pricks. We don't want to fight God as he's attempting to discipline us. Oh my goodness. And that's, that's like the visual that I'm seeing. And that's what so many people do. Can you imagine a parent attempting to discipline their child because their child has some type of error or did something wrong and the parent wants to discipline them and correct them. And that child turns around and starts swinging on that parent, Lord Jesus. That's what it looks like when we don't subject ourselves to God's process when he's disciplining us. That's what it looks like when God says, go to that person and repent right now. And we say, no, that's what it looks like. It looks like we're turning around and fighting him. When God says, listen, I want you to stop talking to these people. I want you to do this. I want you to humble yourself and put this on. I want you to do that. And when we say no, or when we say, I'm not sure, or when we say, I'm not ready yet, we are literally saying, I'm not subjecting my life to you and I'm fighting against whatever it is you're trying to release to me. I'm fighting against this discipline. I'm fighting against this correction, right? Scripture says he's not just, he's not an earthly father in any way. He is the father of spirits, creator of all. When you subject yourself to him, then you have life. Listen, now it goes back to the earthly father in um, verse 10, it says, for they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. See, when our earthly parents disciplined us, it was so that they could have peace and order in their life, right? They could say, you know what? This is a, um, I'll never have to deal with this issue again. Um, this child is not going to talk to me like that anymore. This child is going to learn better than that. Okay. Um, my family is better than this. This is not how we behave. It seemed best to them. He says, you know what? This is what I think is best for this child. But listen to this, but he disciplines, but our heavenly father disciplines us for our good. Okay. He says, you know what? I want to discipline them. Not because it's going to make me any better, not because it's going to bring any more order into my kingdom. I want to discipline them for their own good so that they can share in my holiness. Because as long as they still have the propensity to act that way, as long as those thoughts still fizzle up and fester within them from time to time, they cannot really completely share in my holiness. Jesus Christ. Can we just ask the Lord, Lord, search us, know us, heal us, fix us, because we want to share in God's holiness. Can you imagine all of the holiness teachings out there 
uh, of which I have taught. And if we have not yielded and subjected our lives and our hearts and minds to God, and if we have not gone beyond whatever we thought it was and really yielded ourselves to his process, can you imagine that you're still not sharing in his holiness? Jesus, Lord Jesus, we want to share in God's holiness, not man's definition of holiness, not any particular denominations, ideals, uh, and doctrines about holiness. We want to share in God's holiness. And it's possible if we subject ourselves to his discipline. Lord, my God, Lord, my God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ that this lesson changes your life. I pray in the name of Jesus that the words the Lord is using me to speak to you today are life-changing for you. I pray that you come into a higher understanding. I pray that you come into a deeper revelation and knowledge of God's will for your life and why you have to endure the things you have to endure. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Scripture says that God disciplines us for our good, okay? So what is God actually getting out of your process but the fact that he's saying, you know what? You are able to become like me. And that's the whole point. When I discipline you, this is for your good. My household is in order. I'm holy. My name is perfect. You can't add to that by your behavior. This discipline that I'm doing, this discipline is for your good. Because I want you to share in my holiness. Because in order to inherit this kingdom, you have to share in my holiness. So we'll see in those denominations we're in and certain things and certain people, listen, they won't understand why you have to go through what you have to go through, why you have to be stripped the way you have to be stripped, why you have to endure the things you have to endure. But that's okay because you're not trying to share in their holiness. You have to share in God's holiness to inherit the kingdom. Hallelujah. And he will lead you on the path of righteousness for his name's sake. This is for your good. This is for your good so that you can be like God according to his standards beyond what we've been taught deeper in a revelatory way. When these mysteries are revealed, we are living them out. Hallelujah. We are dis a, a display of what was previously unknown because God has been able to really manifest himself through us in such a magnificent way. And that can only happen in the life of someone who has subjected themselves to God in every way, even to the discipline. Listen, verse 11 says, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. And so we say, God, is there any other way. We mimic those words of Jesus. Is there any other way? You know what? Nevertheless, not my will, but let your will be done, Father. This is painful. This is not pleasant. I am humiliated. This is not cute. 
I was running around when it was cute, when I did have money, when I did have friends, when I did get to put on whatever I wanted to put on, when I did get to go wherever I wanted to go, when I did get to hang out with whoever I wanted to hang out with and date whoever I wanted to date. It was cute to be a Christian. It was cute for everybody to know that I was going to church. But now that God has told me to leave my job, now that God has told me to cover my head, now that God has told me to sit down and fast for 40 days and, you know, um, and it's during a time of Thanksgiving and all that stuff. Now it's not cute. Now it's painful. This doesn't bring me any pleasure. Come on here. But this is how we learn to subject our lives to the Lord, conform ourselves to his word so that we can share in his holiness. Thank you, Jesus. It says for the moment, right now, just right now, trust me, things won't always be this way. But for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, come on, come on, God is taking you somewhere and it's not all about where you are right now, but later. There is a point coming in the future where you won't be going through this anymore and you will be corrected, hallelujah, and, and perfected and living out the promises that God has uh, placed upon your life. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit. Listen, there's a lot of stuff going on in our life that is there to take away or block peace. And God says, I want to establish the peaceful fruit of righteousness. You have some fruit in you that's not good, that may harbor some drama, that may harbor some sin, that may harbor some lust, that may harbor some jealousy, a bunch of things that will take away from the peaceful fruit. So I have to take you to, through this discipline. And I know it's painful and not pleasant, but later it will yield the peaceful fruit of righteousness. That's all. That's all God is attempting to do is to make you righteous and to cause you to share in his holiness. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Your discipline has been contrived to train you in how to speak, train you in how to think, train you in how to react, train you in how to pray, train you in how to have faith. Discipline is training you to be righteous, not according to your standards, not according to what you were a year ago. Discipline is training you to be righteous according to God's will and season for your life. When you yield to training, it insists that your behavior conforms to God's way. When you yield to discipline that is training you, it causes you, it insists that your behavior, when you're yielded to it now, if you're fighting against it, you won't have those results. But when you subject yourself to it, when you yield to it, Discipline is insisting, and this is where the training comes in, that your behavior is conformed to the way of God. You will have no choice to say that was wrong and God is right. I need that peaceful fruit of righteousness in me 
So I have to allow this time of discipline to train me, to correct me. And this is what enables you to share in God's holiness. So we want to know how to share in God's holiness. Subject yourself to his process. Subject yourself to his discipline. Even though right now in this moment, it's painful rather than pleasant. This moment will not last forever. This season will not last forever. One thing I like to say is one thing about seasons is they do change. Seasons change. Things are not always going to be the way they are. Time moves forward and the perfect will of God will be materialized in your life if you stay in this process. Amen. 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 Glory to the name of the Lord. I thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Let this word be acceptable to you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Let our hearts be acceptable. Let the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer, cover my siblings in Christ with the blood of Jesus right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We honor you. We thank you. You are holy. You are great. You are amazing. And there truly is none like you. It is in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. I pray that you continue to press on. God is worth it and God is faithful and you won't always be where you are. In Jesus name, it is so.